Hello, and welcome to the TF Tuesday podcast. Um, I'm Kolbara, and can everybody say their name? I'm Kainik. I'm uh, Zill. <laughs> did everyone forget their name? <laughs> no, I just didn't want to overlap. <laughs> I'm I'm Altered Zangi. Hello. And Violet Loop is our guest this week. Ooh, yes, we're hello. very glad to have him. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Hello. Very excited to be here. And uh Yeah, is this episode eight, I think? I believe so. It's pretty amazing that yeah. we've made it this far already. Like um in such a short amount of time. I'm I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I mean, hey, that when you do things weekly and then you keep to that schedule, time flies. Yeah, yeah, and it gets it easier. It really has. It just becomes part of your week at that point. Yeah, exactly. I will like, say, I'm not kidding. Oh, you go. I was going to say, I will say that um, the, absent, uh, the absence of recording last week was sorely missed on my end. I definitely felt it, so I'm glad to be back. Oh, man. <laughs> Very glad to have you back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was like a, it was like a void. It really was something missing from the podcast without you here. There was a long back shaped void, but it's uh, been filled again, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, like a Junji Ito hole. hole exactly. Side of the it was made for me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That, that story is like kind of TF, sort of. Yeah, kind of was. Kind of. Kind of. Change shape. <laughs> yeah, it counts. I think it counts. I'm really excited to have you on, Violet. Um, obviously, um, I'm very much a big fan of your stuff, and I was curious to hear a little more about what kind of got you into TF in the first place. You know, our our standard first guest question. Oh, uh, it's a it's a story. Okay, and it's a good one. In hmm, eighth grade, I drew all the time you know i like drawing was just something i was naturally inclined to do uh usually would just be drawing pokemon like that was just my go-to i would try and copy pokemon designs as best i could and it just repeat them over and over until i could do them perfectly that kind of deal um but i was also really into if any of you are familiar with the game Rayman 2. Oh, yeah. A uh, little bit. My nice. favorite video game of all time. Uh, so I would also draw Rayman a lot. And in eighth grade, I decided I'm going to start drawing Rayman as a werewolf. That's Don't know why. Just felt like doing it. Uh, yeah. He seemed like an easy character to accomplish it with. He already had the big nose and like the ears and everything. So mm-hmm. it was just like, okay, give him some claws and whatever. Um, this was also around the time Sonic Unleashed had come out. And like surprisingly, that game did not phase me at all. I never became a Sonic furry. Like it was just, it went right over my head. Um, but the idea of like, this video game about a character who becomes aware version of themselves and then the day-night cycle. So I decided I'm going to make my own Rayman game, design it all, and it'll have a day-night cycle. Um, As one does. 
yeah, you know, my my I, yeah, childhood I do things. <laughs> eighth grade brain was like, I'm gonna send this to Ubisoft and I'll be rich. But you know, oh, yeah. that's whatever. Um, I'll get back to you any day now. Yeah, yeah. The I'll I'm sure I'll hear from them. Um, oh, yeah. I also had a binder full of my own original Pokemon ideas that I intended to ship off to N- Nintendo, but Amazing. you know, that also never happened. Um, well, th- well, there's your problem. You got to send them to Game Freak, not Nintendo. Yeah. See, I was in <laughs> fifth grade at that point, so just did not connect. Um, but anyway, so eighth grade, I was doing that, and then ninth grade, I decided to start drawing this werewolf character that was kind of supposed to be me, but kind of wasn't me. Like it was just. I the one thing I could draw at the time that I felt like, oh, I'm like I'm really into this. I was also at you know, in eighth grade, you're a kid, you lie sometimes. I would also always tell my friends, like, guys, I'm a werewolf. Like, don't tell anyone, it's a secret. <laughs> like that kind of thing. You know oh, that's a whole ass mood right there. Yeah, like it was really awkward because my mom at the time would like read my Facebook messages, not in like an overbearing way, but like we used the same family computer and I would forget to log out sometimes. Oh yeah. Um, so she kind of teased me about that a little bit. Um, and then, so anyways, I was drawing this werewolf character and I was really into it. I was getting better at drawing it. And this was at a time where I was watching a lot of Let's Plays on YouTube. Um, Seems like a weird transition. It will connect. (laughs) Uh, So I was watching a Kirby Air Ride Let's Play by a YouTuber that went by 900 Red Yoshi, I believe. Oh, I know who that is. So, yes. So he, during this kirby air ride let's play mentioned being a furry and i was like what is that that i've never heard that term before let me look it up real quick so i googled it and you know got the standard google answer and then i looked at it for a minute and i was like that's what i am that's Hmm. me um so i had the connection there finally and then i just kind of like started developing a fursona for myself and kind of creating artwork uh of different like you know i would draw my friends but as furries and they would yeah. be like that's weird don't do that and i'd be like <laughs> you know yeah, I did the, it. I did it's what i'm gonna thing. do <laughs> yeah you guys like, had balls man i never did this stuff with my friends the few that I, I had at least i did not have a filter in early high school um you know, definitely something undiagnosed going on with me. My parents never took me to a specialist, but I 100% thought that it was completely normal to yeah. just say whatever came to my mind and do whatever I felt like doing. Um, crippled with anxiety, of course. So not that crazy. Definitely like one of those kids that stays quiet in the back of the class, but also would talk about furries to the popular kids like it wasn't a big deal and they would yeah. just look at me like I had three heads. Um Yeah, yeah, I can relate. It was it was a time. It was definitely a time. Yeah. Um <laughs> so I started drawing these furry characters. Um 
all the while looking up on like Google images, uh, furry TF, furry transformation, that kind of stuff. You know, I would scroll through DeviantArt. I would like whatever it took. It was all, you know, content block because I was like 12, 13, 14. Um, but, you know, finding the safer work stuff. So I got to this point where I started adding a bunch of furries on Facebook, most of which who were way too old for me as a 13-year-old to be interacting with. Luckily, oh. I knew better than to, you know, get involved with anyone in that kind of... Like, you know, like, I would be friends with the people who were my own age. I just, mm. you know, if I saw a furry profile picture, I was like, add, add, add. To the point where my parents sat me down and were like, you don't know these people. Don't be Facebook friends with them. And so I had to go through and delete everyone. But I did keep a couple because I had talked to them regularly. And my parents were like, okay, that's understandable. Like, you have a connection with these people. Like, fine. But yeah, so that was happening. Uh, I was drawing furry art. And then at a certain point, I was like, I'm drawing all of this artwork. And I'm not good at it. So I'm going to stop for a little while because I want to be good at this stuff. Mm. And I'm going to focus on anatomy. And at the time, for me, that meant drawing tons of anime girls with giant titties. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. now we're talking about I am <laughs> fully gay, and like that was not even a question at that point. But for some reason, learning anatomy to draw hunky furry men meant transitioning into big booba anime girl is this um, okay is this something is that everybody powerful. is this something that like everybody has been through because i feel like i'm one of the only people who has not been through this phase i talk to a lot of university friends and they all seem to have gone through the big anime girl phase and i seem to have just entirely skipped it i don't, I don't know i just like i a lot of people in my school were drawing anime girls, so mm. I kind of just hopped on the train, but I don't know. I think... It is a rite of passage, I think, because it seems like it's what's popular always. Yeah, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. with I'm with Kynick on this in the sense of, you know, okay. despite my not great uh, forays into drawing because of my own, like, fine motor skills issues, I never went through that phase whenever I did try to, like, draw or sketch things it was always furry men and like it wasn't even a question for me so um i i mean i'm prob i probably didn't like go through that phase because like i wasn't like trying to key into like what was popular at the time but um i also like i agree with you kai i like i i think we're in the minority here like i never went through that and it seems like most people did <laughs> better start now like Pull yeah, out man. A pad of paper. Give the anime girls the biggest boobs, and <laughs> see. You've see done now, it. the the difference yeah, now man. is now I can just become the big anime girl with the titties. So you know, like that's you know, we've fair. matured. It's all come full circle. <laughs> I definitely went through a like everything from Japan is super cool phase, but it was like I'm I'm pr I'm pretty old, so it was like a long time ago when I was a teenager and. It mostly involved like renting VHS tapes from the video stores. Any, any anime that they had, I had to watch no matter what it was about. Oh man! And uh, you know what the funny thing is, though, stuff. when I was drawing the big boob anime girls, I wasn't into anime. 
I didn't watch it. I had no connection to it. I, like, I watched Pokemon, but that was mm-hmm. because I was into Pokemon. I, like, I didn't yeah. get into anime until a few years later. Black Butler was my first, which was a weird one to start with, but it that kind of set the to tone for... It, it's still my favorite. Like, I love it so much. Yeah. Um, the main character's to, so suave, so... They need to keep going. They made the movie, and then they stopped, and there's more to the manga. Where is it? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so I did the Big Booba Anime Girls. Um, yeah. And I, you know kept doing that through like until senior year basically i you know once in a while would draw a furry character but i kind of steered away from it it was more of something like i would look online at furries and then in my own artwork was like you know human anatomy kind of situation uh but senior year i decided to finally make a fur affinity account i hadn't made one to use at that point I might have, I think I knew about it, but I just, I wasn't on it yet. Okay. I, I was looking at DeviantArt and Google Images, and I might have known about Transfer at that point. Um, but I finally made the account. And I was 17 at the time, and I was like, where's the porn? I really wanted the porn. Um, so I might, oh, yeah. have lied, I might have lied about my age on Fur Affinity when I first made my account. I know that's frowned upon, and I know that now. And I, But at the time, I was like, I need to see penis right now. Um, <laughs> Gasp, no one's ever done this before. No one's yet. ever lost their age You're on the internet. Can, can you believe morally, this? Morally incorrect, <laughs> and you deserve to be canceled if yeah. you do that. Um, canceled on Twitter.com. Next you're going to yes. tell me you lied to Steam about... Being able to look at an M-rated game on there or something? No. Um, never. <laughs> never. Uh, but, so, made a fur affinity account, and then I was like, okay, I better get back into drawing furries. Now, at this point, I, like, there was never a moment where transformation wasn't, like, my sole interest in furries. Like, I'm... You know, I'm in a pause, but that's part of the transformation thing. Uh, like, everything I am into in terms of furry artwork relates to transformation. That is my thing here. And so I wasn't drawing it. I was just drawing general furry art. Like, I would character design and my own Sona, and <laughs> it was always just general stuff. I think the only transformation related thing i had ever done up until i graduated high school and into college was this one time i did a rough pencil sketch of like a shoe burst with you know paw toes popping out that was it Mm. um but i kept hankering down drawing them furries um and then the christmas after i graduated i ended up having a year off in between high school and college because I kind of like in my senior year I wanted to be a chef all growing up and then I did culinary school at uh, a vocational um part-time and I was like I hate cooking I don't like doing this um it was the commercial setting I do like cooking but like the commercial setting threw me off yeah so senior year I was like what do I do now I have no idea uh so I had a year off I did figure out I wanted to do photography, but 
by the time I figured it out, it was too late. So year off, that Christmas I get a drawing tablet. I used it all of like three times, and then I just kind of got stored away. Like I had it, but I never used it. Um, yeah, didn't I? Kind of like put down drawing for a little bit. Uh, and then I ended up getting into Pratt Institute for photography, very prestigious art school, one of the top five in the world. Um, oh, nice. You know, just cool. let me, let me brag for a minute. Um, <laughs> lay it on us. Like got, about it. got into their photography pro- program with, uh, digital point and shoot photos, which is like the cheapest, crappiest kind of camera you can get. And yeah. I cringe at the portfolio. I'm doing air quotes around that, that I had submitted. It was a disaster. I don't know how I got in, but they accepted me and I am all the better for it. But freshman year, I pulled out my drawing tablet again. I did like two things and they were horrible because I had no idea how to use art programs. I didn't know how to use Photoshop. I had no clue what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um so I kind of gave up. And there was also like this moment where still into being like i was still into furry artwork i was still into looking at transformation stuff i was still regularly on fur affinity but i kind of didn't want to be involved in the community anymore Mm -hmm. uh there was a lot of like rampant like racism transphobia like that kind of stuff going on and there was nobody willing to call it out or anything it was actually right around when trump was elected um no, uh-huh. not not to bring that into the podcast but i at the time was helping run a facebook page that was just reposting furry artwork and it was like you know oh we're all gay furries yay and um so when trump was elected i decided to make a post where i was like well this is a safe space we're all queer people we're all the lgbt community we're all outcasts in some way we are here to support each other despite this horrendous thing that has happened that is endangering our lives. And the amount of hatred that came from the people liking this page for LGBT furries, like just spewing like pro-Trump propaganda, I was like, what What the hell? Like, I don't, yeah. like if this is the people that I'm surrounding myself with, I'm out, like I'm done. So I took a break. Um, I said, I'm just gonna, you know, jerk off to my transformation porn in private and let it be. Uh, and then a few years later, sophomore year of college, it it was a very short break, actually. It was a few months. It felt like a lot longer. Um, but sophomore year of college, I found my drawing tablet. And I also started using Twitter more. And so I started following furries on Twitter. I was like, oh, there's actually like a community here. And it seems a lot better, like a lot less right wing, a lot more supportive of, you know, minorities and anybody who's othered by society. And so I felt more comfortable expressing that part of myself. I was like, I'm, I'm going to be on Twitter, and that's where I will find my friends. And one of the first people I reached out to to say, like, hi, I'm, you know, trying to make a life for myself 
here on Twitter in the furry community was Karen. Um, oh, yeah, Karen. And he, you know, he said hi back. And I was like, you know, like, would you want to be my friend? Like, in that very, like, cheesy, like, look at me, I'm a small baby and I need a big grown-up to help me here. <laughs> um, but he very, very nicely said, okay, we can chat here and there. And for, like, a few months, I felt like I was getting one response from him a day. He's going to be listening to this, so this is kind of embarrassing. But I was, like, so stressed. He's, yeah, he's messaged me saying, talking about how he loves the podcast. So, yeah, he's definitely listening. Cool. Uh, he's the one that told hey, me awesome. to... He was like, you should be on this podcast. And that's when I reached out to Zill about it. I was like, yeah, Aaron oh, I just said I should be on your podcast. And Zill was like, we can make that happen. Um, <laughs> and we did. And we did. Here we are. But, no, like, there were there were a few months where I was so stressed. I was like... Does he actually want to be my friend? Is this actually, like, happening? Like, he was an artist I looked up to. Like, I mm -hmm. searched him out on Twitter because I wanted to be following him there. Because I liked his art on Fur Affinity. And so I was just, like, freaking myself out, thinking, I, like, I thought I was bothering him. You know, standard anxiety stuff. Yeah, but, so like, relatable. I get that. Here we I, are. I, I still get that like, with, like, people yeah. I've known for years now. It's yeah. the most stressful thing. Like, I hate anxiety. Um, but, like, you know, I ended up getting a commission from him later that year. Um, and we still talk. We're, like, we talk more now than ever before. Like, every day now. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, you know, he was one of my, like... It feels weird to say mentors, but he kind of like encouraged me to pick up the tablet and start drawing because I, I was doing that thing where I was like, oh, you're so good at art. And I, I feel like I want to be as good as you. And, you know, like the really cringy shit that everyone makes those really rude posts like, don't do this to me. I don't want to hear about it. But like Karen mm. was nice and put up with it and like actually try to help me figure things out. and um. I, the first ever transformation artwork I ever did, besides that one pencil drawing I did a few years prior, mm. was of Karen. And it was like a thank you, like, you know, I wouldn't be drawing right now if it weren't for you. And so that first transformation piece. And from then on out, I was like, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to be... A transformation artist i want to create the kind of art that i want to see when i am scrolling through fur affinity and everything is like oh the, don't like that don't like that don't you know like the one the things that i want to stop on and be like this is good that's what i want to create yeah so that's awesome i yeah years and years of drawing lots and lots of backstory but that is how i got to where i am now and i feel like i'm out of place finally where i can say i'm good at it that's awesome and honestly right. like one of the things that i i mean you've kind of answered this now but you know one of the things that was kind of standing out to me was i thought it was interesting that um there was kind of this very long period before you actually dipped your toe into drawing tf like you know there was like the big anime titties and like the regular furries but like even though transformation was 
like a central interest to you you never really went into drawing it until that point um and you know obviously i'm really glad that you know you got that encouragement but um i guess my question around that is like if there were any other thoughts as to why you weren't kind of drawing anything transformation related prior to all of that i i think the biggest thing is it's intimidating like Mm. you for transformation artwork you need to be good at drawing humans you need to be good at drawing furries you need to be good at anatomy and you need to be good at taking those three things and stretching them to their limits and finding the way to connect them so that it comes together into something that makes sense and also checks all the boxes that you want it to check. <laughs> and so, like, drawing the furries was, like, step one. I was like, okay, so I'm doing this. And then figuring out the big toddle anime girls was like step two because i'm like i need to figure out humans i need to figure out anatomy and then i just the thing that kept me from doing it was the and like actual anatomy which luckily i ended up taking a class because i went to art school i was forced to do a drawing class where we did figure drawing and anatomy studies and stuff like that so i think it just took a while for all the puzzle pieces to fall into place because i didn't want to be creating artwork that I wasn't happy with I mean Mm. looking back on my catalog which I actually I keep because in high school I was doing pencil drawings on notebook paper I have a binder still filled with every single thing I ever drew if it was on a piece of homework I hole punched it and put it in there um you you might be our first more people but you might be our first guest that hasn't like like intentionally set their old drawings on fire yeah, I uh, I made sure I kept it all because I knew I would look back on it someday and appreciate it. Um, mostly, I do want to burn it, but that's just that's that's hindsight. That's not really the like I'm ashamed of it situation. Um, yeah, yeah. I look at it now and I'm like, why did I do that? Why did I draw? Why why are her boobs so big that she would break in half? Um, <laughs> Because the book told me to. (laughs) Yes. I do delete from Facebook, though. I did. There was a point in my life where every single drawing I did, I would take a picture of it on my shitty cell phone, like flip phone from 2012, and post it on Facebook. Whether it was furry artwork, whether it was anime, whatever bullshit. Um, And I have gone through and cleaned all that out. Because I don't need that publicly available. But I still have the binder with all of it. Um, but yeah, so... I just... The puzzle pieces finally landed sophomore year of college. Where I was like, I think I can actually do what I want to be doing now. And it still took a little while to get it right. But, you know, I got there. Yeah. You've had such a unique experience. I Like Adam said compared to a lot of the guests we've interviewed and just people I've met. It's kind of fascinating. I I find that kind of like not relatable to me because I was always so afraid of everything I drew. And I think a lot of people were. It's awesome that you kept everything. Um, Yeah, it was just, there was no shame. There was no shame and there should have been some shame. There definitely should have been. If I could go back in time, (laughs) I would tell myself, keep your mouth shut. Do not speak to anyone, 
and stop <laughs> stop drawing during like school hours where everyone around you can see what's on that piece yeah. of paper. Oh my god! But, you, you I did a little bit. I I did too. There are actually still some pieces up on my page that I drew during uh, my last year of high school. Uh, in like pen in my in my uh, workbooks. Yeah. Yep. I have, a, I have a distinctive memory of it was like middle school or maybe early high school in like an earth science class. I was uh, I was taking notes like I was supposed to, but in the margins of the notes, I was drawing like a a guy turning into like an anthro like ants or some kind of insect TF like on the on the side. And the yeah. the teacher actually like saw me drawing stuff and he got up real close to me. He's like, 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 what are you drawing there? Would you like to show the class what you're drawing? <laughs> and like. Oh, oh no! And I, 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 I wanted to like just like turn into dust and blow away. <laughs> <laughs> like your soul went up into the sky. Yeah. Oh. I was I taking mean, my ones... notes though. I was being good. I would draw freshman year when I was drawing that werewolf character, like mm-hmm. the the pre furry werewolf character. I would draw it on the back of test when I was done before we were allowed to turn them in <laughs> and my teacher would like write comments on it like she would be like oh very nice nice drawing <laughs> and I'm just like why did I, I do think, that I think we get it in our heads a lot that people are going to care way more than they actually will like I, I don't know I'm, I'm one to talk because I'm constantly afraid but I think people don't get really put off by it from a, mm. someone in my family is a teacher, and like from their perspective, it's a lot nicer to see someone drawing like a kind of nice uh, animal or something on your page than like a bunch of dicks, um, <laughs> which is what a lot of kids draw. How about uh, both? <laughs> well, well, that yeah. brings me to our next topic, Violet. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> actually, it does. <laughs> nice segue. Woo. Sort of. Well, um, when it works out like that. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, everything with TF and Vix works out quite nicely. Uh, uh, very true. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. What got you into werewolves so much? I think you know. There's some obvious things, but you know, you've been a big fan of werewolves for so long. Was there anything that made them scratch a particular itch? And like, similarly. You've been really into the more not safe for work side of things. Uh, I'm just kind of interested what your experience with all that was in terms of like, I don't know, discovering yourself. If that makes sense. Yeah. So um, this is a fun one. Uh, so I was a very slow developer in terms of puberty. It's still taking its time with me. Like there are still things going on that should have been done you know like 10 years ago um which you know has its benefits like yeah i actually relate with that a little bit there's like there's moments where it's like yeah like i'm 25 and there's still new things that i can discover but whatever um so i got really really caught up in like this you know, like, attraction to what puberty can do. Like, mm-hmm. the, the before I even realized I was gay, I was like, wow, these guys around me have really hairy legs. 
this was like in middle school and it was like unusual but all the popular guys all the guys who you know sprouted early all seemed to have lots of leg hair and i was very into that i was like when is it my turn clearly it's required to be popular and like when do i get that sorry i I don't mean to cut off but i had the opposite experience in the sense that i was a very early bloomer and uh i was the only one with hairy legs and it did not go well for me in school so i'm actually really surprised to hear that um we would have gotten along yes yes (laughs) clearly clearly we would have but um you know i i find it funny that um in your case, it was the popular kids who are like, oh, yeah, I've got leg hair. Because let me tell you the number of times I was ridiculed for that in elementary and middle school or what have you was, like, ridiculous. So I'm like, damn, if only I could have been time displaced to wherever you were because uh, I did not have a great reception on that front. <laughs> That's kind of fascinating. Oh. That was never even a factor when I went to when I went to school. Like, nobody ever even acknowledged it that's uh mm. it's, yeah so it was something i never even yeah i mean i will it. say i i have a strong feeling that um there was a little bit of racism mixed in there oh, um because well. i went to a, a school that was like predominantly italian people and i'm i'm mixed race like i'm latino and uh yeah i think that that was a that was a part of it unfortunately but that mm. that's a whole other conversation i have a theory that if if you were gonna, if you're getting made fun of in like middle school, uh, if it wasn't for that trait, it would just be for some other random thing that they would hook onto, like yeah, probably. Like Especially your, your hair's too big, or like your nose is stupid, or like if it wasn't the body hair thing, it would have just been some some other random ass thing. Yeah, but it, could, it but it's enough to give us like complexes about it and think about it the rest of our lives, you know? Yeah. Well, no, because it was, and uh, sorry, I don't mean to like make a big segue from your answer, Violet, but um, it was interesting for me in the sense of like, you know, there was a long period where I had to kind of like come to terms with that. And, you know, as someone who's into TF and into like things like werewolves, that should be something that like, you know, I'd be into, but it was actually something that ended up being a long struggle to like kind of reconcile myself with. So um, in some senses, I think TF at the end of the day helped me with that. and uh yeah sorry i didn't mean to make that a big tangent um please continue violet (laughs) oh it's okay um but i will say it wasn't it wasn't like people were like oh those these boys have hairy legs they're the popular one it was more like they were the ones who were sporty and Mm. you know they were like more mature like it just coincided with it like they were blooming earlier they were more muscular that like you know that kind of stuff so it was just it was just a part of it and me being you know in eighth grade and a little stupid thought that like oh that's a requirement so i became like obsessed i like i would stare at guys legs all day like just like wanting that for myself um the i the one part of me that did bloom really early at like 12 years old i had size 13 feet with like a coating of hair like the one place <laughs> on my body that had hair very weird definitely had hobbit vibes Sweet. uh so weird. <laughs> i i became obsessed with that aspect of myself i was like this is what i have i've got big feet and they're hairy like i'm into this like this is something desirable uh, which the rest of my body would catch up type of deal. Um, but as, you know, I kept going, like, 
the rest of middle school through high school, it just more and more of it piled on. It was like, oh, well, the puberty gives people muscles, like, it, you know, facial hair, like, all these things that, in my mind, as someone who's also into transformation artwork, and as someone who, like, feels funny watching animation with trans, you know, like, someone who's into transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, it, my brain kind of, like, said, okay, well, you want hairy legs. What is the extreme of that? You want big feet. What's the extreme of that? Like, and it ended up being werewolves, you know? Like, yeah, they've, got the, they've got the muscles, they've got the hair, they've got the largeness, everything. They're, like, extremely horny. They're extremely masculine. And, like, they're just times 10 of everything that I wanted to happen to me and at a very rapid pace too, like, Mm -hmm. like within a few seconds or minutes, minutes more desirable than seconds. I will say nothing worse than a poof transformation. Werewolfism is just just like, like ultra puberty when you think about it. Yeah. So that's what was really ticking it off for me. And like, I don't want it to still like, obviously I'm an adult. I don't want, like, puberty to still be a thing I'm, like, sexually involved with. Because, you know, I'm an adult. Um, But it's it's still, like, the idea of, like, this extreme masculine transformation that happens in an instant. Like, the nerdy guy becoming the werewolf is, like, the ultimate, like... um, Mood, yeah. That that really, like, scratches an itch for me. Um, And it's also, like just this like escape from what you are at the moment like uh i'm riddled with anxiety but you know if i transformed into a big horny beast with no control over myself well there we go i'm going to do whatever i want um so it's just, you know that's kind of yeah how totally. i like and like there's other Obviously, there's other were creatures like you know there any any mammal really has those aspects, but it's just at the time I was getting into it it like the easiest thing to come by was werewolves like it's mm-hmm. the the easiest thing to google image search is werewolf transformation, the most common thing to pop up in the cartoons that I'm watching um which funny funnily enough. One of the first transformations I remember having an effect on me was um, Irwin's from Billy and Mandy, the Tween Wolf episode. Yes, I know what you're talking about. As it's happening, he looks at himself and he says, oh no, puberty. And that, (laughs) like, that ticks, that's what sets it off for me. Um, Another one of my firsts was Wallace and Gromit's uh, Were-Rabbit, but that separate conversation. You mentioned that um, one of the draws is kind of like escaping kind of your like current anxiety, like riddled kind of state in a sense. I, I thought that was kind of a an interesting comment that I wanted to draw a little bit more on. So um, I guess like for you, when you think about like werewolf TFs, it's not just the form changing. It's also like, I, I don't want to say a loss of self, but like your mental state completely changing. Is Is that correct? I, yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of hard to put words to, but 
like I've the amount of times I've tried explaining because you know when you talk to someone who knew who's into transformation, it's always like, what does it for you? And mm. I feel like this is where I always get hung up. But like this, it's not like a loss of self, and it's not really like a change of self. It's more of like a the self that you're not able to express being forced out, like the oh, kind of like like it's in there. And you want to, but it's not appropriate. Yeah. But like, you oh, are oh. being forcibly turned into a horny monster, so yeah. it's like, gonna your, come out. All your inhibitions are gone. Everything. All your limiters are uh, taken off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 To use some dated uh, psychobabble lingo, it's like the id coming to like full the full front and just being like, "That's it. Nothing else is is stopping me now." I like it in the way that if I become XYZ animal, I am, like, uh, expected to act in XYZ way. Uh, so yes. I'm completely socially okay to be, like, a weirdo. Um, mm. The way I've been thinking about it recently, and this kind of ties into the puberty discussion, this is kind of like what Kynek has been saying. Um, it's, like, I thought of it as it's an excuse to act the way you want to act and be you've always wanted that inside but Mm -hmm. you know it's you have a reason now and other people whether they agree or not with that reason you know they can see that the reason you're acting like an animal is because you are one or you're becoming one Mm -hmm. and you know what they'll become one soon too so they can deal with it (laughs) yeah and i mean obviously it's it's um it's not new to hear like you know werewolves and and puberty kind of like being used as like an analogy for one another i mean i think there's there's so many different like types of media where that's been done i'll be honest this is the first time that i've ever heard it uh it described like that and it's really been enlightening so oh i for my senior thesis which was a photo project but um Uh i was doing this thing where i was talking about how the screen is how we view images it's a whole thing but there was this like background part of it where it was like i was exploring different webscapes and like the personal webscape and how i would explore it like you know what would i post on facebook versus what would i post on instagram versus twitter versus you know like there was this kind of like guiding factor to all the images i created and so at one point i was like well i'm a furry i'm on fur affinity i use twitter for furry stuff i have to involve it in the project somehow so I did a draw over. I took a photo and I drew my persona over top of it. And I printed it out at like 60 inches by however, what it, like the biggest possible paper you can buy. Yeah. Um, and hung it up on the wall for a critique. Um, again, no filter. That kind of remained. Uh, <laughs> but I'm sitting there with my entire class looking at this. And the, I mean pretty obvious way to tell that they're all rich kids is not a single one of them knew what a furry was they're all looking at it like what am i looking at so i'm like oh my god i relate with this so much and i'll talk about it later but (laughs) it's fascinating you're saying that please go on like wow i eventually was like so i'm what's known as a furry i have this character that represents me in online spaces like you know pretty much describing it but for some reason, my professor, who she's this lovely old older lady, she's not old, 
she's a lovely older lady who is like pretty well known in the art photography like you know like i went to a good art school um and for some reason her mind got stuck on the idea of a werewolf but she was looking at it in terms of female puberty and i'm sitting there like like this is a critique so it's got all of the art talk like all the bullshit mm-hmm. um which i still don't understand fully i actually i have a friend um hypotaph who is an english major like getting their master's degree and i would sometimes send my photos to them and have them write my artist statements for me um i've i've done the same thing for friends yeah it you can just like really pull it out of your ass most of the time it's like such bullshit yeah but it's it's so i mean it's easy to pull it out of your ass but i just like the the vocabulary involved in it i never got but she's going on this huge tangent about she ended up mentioning ginger snaps i think was what she got stuck on and she just like female puberty female puberty and i'm sitting there like i have a penis like I'm, this is nothing to do with female, I mean, not to say women can't have penises, that is not where I'm going with You're this, canceled. but I You're am out not of here. a woman. Get out of here. <laughs> I am not a woman, I do not experience female puberty, that is, why would I want that to be a part of my senior thesis that is talking explicitly about me, like, yeah. why did your mind go here? Um, needless to say, that image did not end up in my uh, senior show. She almost got it. She was almost there, but she had to make it about <laughs> female puberty, which did not apply to me in any sense. As um, as you all know, where all werewolves symbolize female puberty and nothing else, I've decided yeah. that's what it symbolizes. All other answers think, on the test are going to be wrong. I think Ginger Snaps is the only werewolf movie she's ever seen, which is explicitly about female puberty. And uh, I mean. Okay. I don't know. Very limited scope, so... Yeah. Yeah. And being an art professor, like, having to... uh, Whatever. Um, It's weird how art professors can be so limited in what they... Like, they they feel like they're the ones that have to decide what art is. I was gonna say, like, um, this has been my experience a couple of times now, and this conversation has only reinforced my... my, my, I wonder why it, it is that, like... People in high up in art and uh, people who seem to get really far in the art world have such a closed mind when it comes to art uh, and expression. They just Here's only the see it in that one way. I don't. Yeah. At a certain point, art becomes only about money, um, and the, the people are gonna hate me for saying this, but like, look at pop art. Look at. Andy Warhol. He wasn't in it for the art. He was in it for the money. He was making tons of money off of bullshit. Yeah. And the art world has decided because the art world is run by the wealthy elite that that bullshit means something. But it really doesn't. It was so he could make money. Um and a lot of it is also like getting around taxes. Like I'm mm. there was a popular like Tumblr post that went around about it, but it it like if a wealthy person wants to write off charity on their taxes, they can just find an artist friend, have them make the simplest bullshit, paint a canvas completely white and put a red square on it, donate it to a museum for hundreds of thousands of dollars, and write it off. And that's why art, the art world 
seems to be full of people who talk out their asses because they have to because it doesn't really mean that much yeah although Um, i I mean obviously i'll say i think that that extends well beyond the the furry scope like i think generally um that doesn't have as much or even any hold on you know kind of the the furry art that gets produced and it's honestly really really good that it is that way because we're kind of unmarketable um we're kind of insulated from some of that in my opinion andy warhol would be an nft artist if he was around today and he would not only he would not only be an nft artist he would be the person that made the stupid monkey ones the whatever they're called that that would be his monkeys yeah yeah it would just be like different colors hot take I just imagine different colored Campbell's soup cans as NFTs, and it would be perfect. That's what pop art is. Someone's whatever's the so, least effort. Someone stole all my soup cans. Don't buy my stolen soup cans. Don't right-click save my soup cans. Yeah, yeah so bring it back to, to TF stuff. Um, obviously something else that I've noticed from your art um, and like kind of your focus in um, a lot of the stuff that you've done in like your commissions and such, there's obviously a very big focus on um, pause. Um, and in particular, like I've noticed you, there's a lot of kind of like broy kind of frat scenarios that you sometimes depict or sometimes get in commissions. I was curious to dig a little bit more into that. I, I think like, you know, you've kind of alluded to where the pause focus might have come from in terms of, you know, having big hairy feet. But, um, you know, obviously I'm curious to hear a little more as to why you still continue to focus on those kinds of things and if that's at all been decoupled from from that or if it's like, you know, fully entwined with kind of your your appreciation of your own body. Yeah, um it's I don't know, it's a little hard to answer like what is it about pause? Um I just like because of this focus on feet. It's I'm so I'm a very vanilla person. I like I have very few fetishes. Um I'm into feet, I'm into body hair. Um I I don't really know. Um and then furry stuff, especially transformation. And so like there's just this constant overlap where I'm into so few things and they all connect in some way. So, like, I'm really into feet, so I'm really into paws. And um, I, just, I think the reason that I'm into them is because I don't. Something about feet to me is it's one of the most masculine parts of the body like like you can tell just by looking at a pair of feet if it they are attached to a masculine person or not um and that just kind of like what like what i am looking for in a person is that kind of like i don't it's i'm struggling to put words to it but like no worries i get what you're talking about to me, when someone's feet are, like, big, that's a good sign. Like, it's like, oh. Like, it's like when someone looks at a woman with big boobs and they're like, ooh, mommy milkers, big fertile energy. Like, that's feet for me. I'm like, ooh, look at those big stompers. 
um, <laughs> when they're hairy, it's like, oh, there's a lot of testosterone going on. Here. Like, you know, they're just, it's yeah. a signifier. And it, for me, is one of the places that I look first for those signifiers. Um, so it just kind of has become this intense fetish where I'm always like, I need to know what someone's feet look like. And then, so I'm also into this hyper, um, like, puberty transformation werewolf thing where, like, I want to see someone, even if they don't have that, get it, you know? Yeah, like, so, like, it gives them that um, if they don't have it, and if they already have it, it makes it even better. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, like, it, it hyper-intensifies it. And if they don't have it, and then they become a werewolf, even when they go back, I, I'm very into that whole, like, remaining signs that it has happened. Like, you know, the nerd becomes the werewolf, and all of a sudden, the nerd's a jock when he's a human again. Like, that kind of thing. There's a TF-related webcomic I've been reading lately called uh, Kirkwood, where just people are randomly turning into, like, like cryptid monsters and changing back, like... And, like, after, afterwards, the, if any character that it happens to, they, like visibly look different and they have like traits of the monster they turned into like the main character is like way hairier and like his hair's a different color and his face is a little different you know and uh that that idea is just kind of interesting like post post transformation effects that can be seen uh, even though you're like supposedly back to normal i think that's another part of like why i desired it because i was like maybe i don't have this stuff that i want but if if i were to become a werewolf if I, for some reason, became one, um, I would get that stuff afterwards. Like that's the that's the prize I get. I yeah. like, and that also then plays into the like, uh, like jock, uh, bro, himbo stuff that I've been doing, where it's like hyper masculinity of it. Like the culture around it has this masculinity that I find very enticing very intriguing in a sexual way mm -hmm. i can tell by the passion you have for it and <laughs> i relate to a lot of it um it, it begs the question like what parts of oneself are actually their own identity you know you start to wonder mm -hmm. like what part of me is human versus which part of me is identifies me as me and i think that's one of the things about pause that i find interesting is it's a whole lot of identity is tied into them you know i i it's like you've been describing with the wanting to have that be your identity you are one of the artists that puts the most identity into pause i have to say like mm -hmm. i have never seen a single person do pause as well as you do them like especially transforming just the amount yeah. of personality Aww. you get into them you're here uh like well, thank insane. you and so i mean like uh, like it makes sense that you're talking about that because it's like what you do best here is the identity in the part mm -hmm. i think that's my favorite thing about tf in general when i whether i'm drawing like a face or whether i'm drawing feet turning into paws like that really means a lot to me uh mm -hmm. thank you i I don't know. There's something expressive about pause too. Mm -hmm. um, like, how would you feel about that? Like, the idea of, I don't know, you're becoming this other creature, and so the pause that you have are maybe one of the biggest identifiers of like what animal you're becoming, oh, or yeah. what, you know, 
yeah. <laughs> so it, like it's so like one of the things that like when I'm drawing transformation artwork or just furry artwork in general like that's one of the things there's you know like the snout the ears and the paws and the tail those are like the things that signify the animal and like like wolf paws are so different from cat paws which are so different from rabbit paws which are so different from like kangaroo paws like you know i just yeah they are very important mm-hmm. and, and it's kind of right it's kind of interesting, you know, um, I, I wanted to go back to the comment you made kind of like, you know, when you see the feet, you can kind of like tell whether or not it's like hyper masculine or not. And that's kind of like a signifier for you. I think that that it's really interesting. Like I haven't heard that kind of framing before. I mean, I think I've thought about it subconsciously in some ways being into them mm-hmm. myself, but I've never really thought about it in a way of like, you know, you have that sort of hyper masculine identity tied into that part specifically. Like, you know, I think usually when people think of like, you know, oh, like masculinity and like, you know, different like things you look for, I don't think people jump to that necessarily. But I think for people who are really into feet and paws, it, it really stands out in a way that for a lot of others, it kind of flies under the radar. Um, and, you know, I mean, there's like lots to be said about the science of why people are necessarily into like feet and paws and like, you know, like the different areas of the brain that kind of light up and, you know, the, you know, the, the sensual regions of like the feet being close to like the sensual regions for like the crotch and such. But, you know, it's, it, it's, it's interesting that it's, you've kind of framed it that way because I don't think I've heard it articulated in that way before, but it resonates with me. Mm-hmm. If I might just jump in, aren't aren't the like nerves of the feet actually directly tied to the nerves of the well genitals? I, I think that's actually the case. I'm yeah, not sure. they're they're. It's not that they're directly wired, but it's the areas of the brain that are like kind of like connected to those areas are really close to one another. So like, there's times where like the brain can like you know the brain brains aren't perfect. They can kind of like crosswire some of the signals, and it can kind of make feet that much more intense if that makes sense i i I mean i might i might be misspeaking someone might correct me but i'm pretty sure that's how it works that may explain why like foot fetish is like the most common fetish like period absolutely and in tf that's no you know it's not separate from that i know like i think everybody on the podcast right now really likes pause in tf in their various ways and forms. I don't like it in the same way that everyone's been talking about it. I'm very specific about the reasons why I like it, but I understand that that is also a way that people can like it. Yeah. Did you want to elaborate on that at all, Kai? Yeah. I know you you have a different perspective on it. Why are you against us? I'd love to hear about it. (laughs) I I, uh, like them because uh, I feel like I like the idea of... um, being submissive towards somebody else's uh and i don't like that because they are being assertive with it i like it because i'm being submissive with it and i like being more submissive because i'm very controlling in real life and i like kind of letting go of that a little bit sometimes Mm -hmm. uh uh and i also just i like seeing a part of myself that 
makes a mark on the world, like when somebody's walking in sand or something, uh, yeah. change to be something completely alien. Uh, so literally, like, even just normally walking like a normal entity will leave an alien mark on the world uh, that's different from mm-hmm. human. Yeah. Those are kind of the main reasons why I like them. And I, uh, I specifically only like paws included in transformation if they are uh, not as big a focus as a lot of people like them to be. Because sometimes if there's too much of it, I can find it uncomfortable, even though I know a lot of people like it like that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you kind of bring up the, the again, the idea of like, you know, leaving certain parts of yourself behind and like kind of shifting into a different not not a different identity but like a very much a changed identity where you get to kind of shed some of those inhibitions even like even in the way that you're describing i i note that there's that kind of common thread which i think you know i I mean it's a general thing for a lot of people in tf overall but it's still kind of interesting to kind of hear that through line um in terms of like you know what aspects of someone they might want to leave behind um, and how that can be different for different people. Yeah. It also relates back to like uh, uh, acting in a way that might not be socially acceptable if you're not like an animal. Like uh, uh, that's the one for me, for sure. Yeah, Like a lot of animals clean themselves and they lick parts of themselves. They lick their paws. And like, that is something so alien that people don't do. It's like, only a thing that you see animals do and because it is because we are like socially relate that to animals and not people then that is just another way of expressing myself as something that i'm i i'm not that's not human yeah that's for the whole identity put the thing. right search terms in pornhub <laughs> i'm I've sure never, you i've can. actually never been to that website before so i don't know oh i actually have not either i use <laughs> twitter and for affinity to find my porn yeah Same. i've literally I've never, never been gone to porn on porn either <laughs> there was apparently this big like um purge a couple of years ago for Pornhub, and like i went to some party and everyone was talking about it and i literally couldn't relate to anybody's conversation because that's all everyone was talking about I just had to kind of sit in the corner and pretend that I knew what everyone was and the, the talking one, about. The one time everyone's talking about porn and you can't even chime in. You were the, you were yeah, yeah, the it, meme. It, exactly. You were the meme. They don't know, I don't know anything about Pornhub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. <laughs> <laughs> your, your eyes have been glazed over like... you. You see into the past, the present, and the future all at once. It's too late, Mother. I've seen everything. The singularity. (laughs) Oh, man. I lack the words to put it, but TF has kind of become my sexuality in a strange way. Like, I'm bi. I like, you know, a lot of things. I have a lot of interests. But everything keeps tying back to TF for me. No matter what it is. And I actually... Like, it's been a little worrisome, but I'm generally comfortable with it. But I'm actually curious what you would think about that, Violet. Like, is that something that's true for you as well? Like, TF has kind of become your sexuality? Yeah, I mean, pretty much everything I'm into sexually is linked to it in some way. Like, I I mean, I don't 
I've not experimented around a lot sexually. I've been, you know, dating the same guy for nine years. So, and he was my first and only sexual, well, there was one other sexual experience, but that was a disaster. Um, but first and pretty much only sexual experience. Um, and I just, I don't, I don't really know all that much that I'm into. Like, I've never experimented, so I can't really say, like, I could be into intense bondage. I don't know. Um, but everything that I currently know about, I can say is linked directly to transformation because it's all body parts and the change that could possibly happen within them. And yeah, for sure. Like, like, um, and I mean, my biggest transformation interest is sexually transmitted TF whatever (laughs) so like that's just i mean there's times where i need to be thinking about that in order to finish while having sex like i need to be imagining that scenario because it's what gets me to climax um so yeah i i think i heavily relate to that I'd actually be curious what everybody on the podcast right now thinks about this, because, like, it almost seems like vanilla stuff can't get me excited anymore, and at the same time, I wonder if everyone else on the podcast kind of relates to that, Um, if they've had the same experiences, because one thing I can say for sure is that sexuality in real life versus sexuality in like the headspace and what you're browsing online are two very different things like in person in real life sexual experiences are very different um it's kind of hard to combine that with real life and tf yeah i mean i don't mind kind of taking a stab at that first so um you know i'm very much like online i'm horny posting all the time like i'm very into all the things i like talk about and all that sort of stuff but um you know in like real life situations like i generally actually identify as um being asexual or like on that spectrum um i it's kind of interesting i generally find that like in person with with things i'm I act very differently. Um, and that's not to say that I'm not, um, it's not to say that I'm not interested or would be willing to kind of do anything sexual, but it's just not like, it's not an impulse for me in person. It's very much, um, like just something that if someone brings up, I might be like, Oh, okay. But it's not something that I kind of really, um, think about or even go to in person um but you know in terms of like being in that kind of a situation i I mean i think i probably would be very focused on you know transformation and using that as a way to kind of you know get through whatever scenario or hopefully get to act something out i think that would be the way that i would want to kind of express that because quite frankly i don't really understand generalized human sexuality so or at least like like i understand it theoretically but not like on a personal level so that would kind of be the answer if that makes sense 
Okay. Uh, fucking ramble for a sec. Um, I guess like TF, TF like as your sexuality, like, like it make that makes sense to like my own personal situation, I guess. Because for the longest time, at least like the entire time I was in high school and most of college, I was like, I guess I just don't like anyone. Like, like nothing excites me. You know, like this. Like, I don't like girls. Uh, I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel, you know. So I assumed I, I just assumed I was asexual and I just had zero interest in anything, you know. But, uh. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize I was gay until, like, like an embarrassingly late, uh, period in my life. But, uh, it's so, it's so tied up with, like, TF, like, daydreams and, like, fantasies and stuff that it's kind of, like, uh, impossible to separate the two, you know, like even if I'm if I'm just Big. if I'm just like fooling around with my boyfriend, like the the TF stuff like infests my brain. It, like it, like it like just becomes part of it, you know. Even just a little bit, it's always there. Uh, Big Sam, Big Sam, yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm embarrassed now. Sorry. It's okay. I I'm I I'm still uh, learning about myself. Uh, in my point in life at the moment, I, um, for a long time, I thought I was just asexual because, like, I wasn't really attracted to people at all. I was just attracted to transformation and stuff. But, uh, but I, I found recently that I think it's just I needed to find the right person to kind of be attracted to them. Um, and when we are in intimate conversations, transformation literally just comes up like any other thing would and we both just kind of it's just normal uh i i think every every uh relationship will have something that the two people have unique to themselves that they bring up uh whether it's like some sort of socially vanilla thing like feet or whether it's something like transformation it's just it will be a part of the relationship because that everybody is unique and different. Um, yeah. I, I don't think it's anything to be worried about because I think it's just another thing. Uh, and as long as nobody's getting hurt and as long as everything's, you know, consensual and as long as everyone's having fun, then I don't see the issue in transformation being the thing that like, uh, lets you finish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a great way to put it, honestly. Yeah. There's definitely, like, a frustration because the biggest fetish I have is not something that is attainable in real life. And no matter what I do, it's never going to happen. Mm, but, big mood. I mean, yeah. I, I sort of try and find ways to get around that. Like, I, I know that you were going to ask about it, at some point, and I, I think I'm about to touch on it here, but, like, I have started going to the gym because if I can't transform spontaneously into having big titties and, you know, strong arms, then, you know, I'll do it for myself, and I'll make it happen, and then I can be satisfied with that. Um, I, you know can't grow fur but you know i there's minoxidil i can rub that all over my body until i have hair like which has been working if anyone out there wants some body hair uh minoxidil is 
actually something that can help with that. Um, surprisingly, I didn't think that it would. It's it's just gen generic Rogaine, but now they need to make one for scales. Yes, um, <laughs> you can take that Russian crocodile stuff. It makes your skin like messed up and scaly, but not. It is not in yeah. a nice way. Oh man, I think I'll pass. <laughs> uh, I want some dinosaur skin though. I think that's just how I I'm dealing with the frustration of the thing that I want isn't realistic. So let me get as close as possible within my powers, and that's how I feel about it. You know, I might some kind of outlet. Never be fully satisfied in the way that my brain wants to be, but I'll do what I can. It's a nice it motivator works. to be healthy in a lot of cases, too. Like, oh, for yeah. me specifically, like, uh, I want to be more like a lizard. So I mm -hmm. make, I take, like, very, I, I take a lot of steps every day to um, eat and exercise in a way that will make me very, like, thin. Um, mm -hmm. And it's been... It's uh, just had the side effect of I am the healthiest person in my house. Fair. I think that's a really positive thing. Yeah. yeah. I, think the, I think being into TF can make a person really improve a lot. Uh, not mm -hmm. just physically, but I know that when I was a kid, I was kind of shitty in that I wasn't uh, mean to anybody, but I was like, I didn't have any goals. I didn't have any motivation. And then Wanting literally to be a dragon made me want to be a better person. Made me want to be respectable and knowledgeable and cool to people. And it made me improve on things. I think that's a really positive aspect of TF. With like personal identity, one thing that I don't know if you've all had the experience of, I think I might be kind of unique in this, I don't know. But it, it's gone a long way towards accepting myself. Um people have said that they want like want to see me like my sona which is just wild i thought i would never experience that in real life and the more that that's kind of gone on it's more i've been able to accept myself and the more i felt like my sona which is really really weird i don't know have any of you ever experienced that i've been getting a lot of comments recently like i'll post a progress picture of like my workout progress and i'll get comments from my normie friends on facebook it feels weird calling them normie friends because it's also like this weird <laughs> facebook community that's separate from my in real life friends but they'll, they'll comment like this is just a picture of your persona and i'm like oh okay oh. if you if you say so like thanks i guess <laughs> Isn't like, that the best feeling in the world, though? Yeah, it's like, okay, so I guess that this idealized <laughs> version of myself that I create is actually maybe attainable in some fashion. Like, Yes, ex that's exactly what I was getting at. I'm so happy you said that. I will say that, um, at least on my end, you know, I have felt that coming to terms with um, you know, my identity with, with furry and TF stuff has definitely helped me um, become more comfortable with my IRL image. Um, I wouldn't say I've been doing much of anything to radically change it outside of, like, I've been growing my hair quite a bit since the start of the pandemic. 
But, um, you know, I, I think it's interesting because I often use myself in my, my work, in my, my photo manipulations, you know, I think that obviously I like it when people see me as like, you know, a Wombax and all of that stuff. And that's a very important part of me. But um, there's definitely a part of me that also still feels a very strong connection to my like just personal image um, because it's the starting point of a TF in a sense. So like I like that connection more and more to myself because it's like when I when I see myself, I also think like, okay, this is how I see myself. This is who I am. And it's the starting point of what I could then become for so many different scenarios. Um, so obviously, like, I very much like my Sona and I like when people see me as my Sona. But I think I also have a very strong connection to just my generalized appearance that maybe is a little more uncommon. But uh, nonetheless, I think is something that has been helped to some degree with, you know, coming to terms with being a furry and being into TF. TF for sure. TF furries are the only ones that need to. They're like required to draw their human selves pretty frequently, and they're like no matter what. So yeah, <laughs> you need to. You have to like be comfortable with your human self, like in some way, even if you hate yeah, it. I uh, I drew my own ref sheet recently. Uh, like I updated the one that I had made before, and I included a human drawing on it. And I got, like, one comment where someone was, oh, it was, um, I don't know if anyone's familiar with Naz, uh, it does, like, really cool graphic kind of furry art, um, his Sona is kind of like a ghost kind of situation, long tongue, uh. Unfortunately, very, I, I don't know of them, yeah. No, I mean, no. Uh, very cool artist, I, I'll, I'll link it in the chat here, but. Um, Thank you. He had commented on it and when I had posted it and said, like, oh, like, I wish I was brave enough to put my human self on a ref sheet and draw it this, like, accurately. And I was kind of just like, well, you know, I kind of have to. I commission transformation art, and it's easier than sending everybody a selfie every time you want to get a new art piece, you know? Like, yeah. It, but it was just, like, a comment that stuck with me, like, Am I brave for doing this, or like I like I don't know. It just kind of it's something I feel like I have to do. I think there's an element of bravery. I think it's more like an element of self acceptance, which is why I think TF can be such a healthy outlet. And... Yeah, uh, I I hate I hate how I look as a as a human. I don't want to see it ever. <laughs> I pff, don't want to post it. I don't want people to know. That I look like what I look like as a human, and I only send it to people if I'm feeling particularly confident on a day, and that usually is like one day a year, uh, and then I will immediately delete it again. Um, so <laughs> it's definitely, in my eyes, something that requires a lot of bravery, or for lack of like, for lack of a better way of describing it, yeah, self confidence. Yeah, because to me. Like, furry, let's face it, furries are generally, like, unhappy with themselves, or their physical appearance especially. And I think TF is kind of interesting, and it's like, it's that step that's taken further, of like, alright, I'm unhappy with myself, so what do I want to be? And I think that exploration is really cool. 
I don't want to devolve into a whole other topic, but that's pretty well, much we all have. I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Let's do audience questions. All right. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm uh, ready. If, if, if I may try being a question man uh, this time. Uh, Go for it. If you want, yeah. I'm bringing them up here. Okay. And let's, let's try to keep these answers like fairly brisk so we can get through as many as we can here. Uh, okay. First question is from uh, Ulysses Duckler. Uh, if your ideal transformation played out like a cutscene, what sort of sound effects and visual flares would be going on around you each time you change? Or would it be totally plain so you don't get distracted from the experience? Yeah, okay. Um, my whole transformation would be completely diegetic. Uh, and that is like a movie term for oh like, God, it, it happens in, in the universe yeah, of, yeah. The, of the movie. Um, I, I don't, I, I think having like weird abstract non-diegetic sounds added on top of that would just be distracting, as they say in the comment. So that's my answer. I want to jump in because I actually had a very similar thought, but in the opposite sense, I would want it to be a non-diegetic transformation. Um, and the reason why is I want it to be as like over the top and ridiculous as possible um, <laughs> without anyone really like reacting or noticing. I, I, like I, in, this, in a sense, it's almost, I, I do like reality shift in a lot of TFs. And so it's almost like, People just being like, oh, yeah, that's like, you know, they don't even really know what's happening. But like, whatever the result is, they're just going to be like, oh, yeah, that's like just what it always was kind of thing. And like only the person going through it really knows what's actually happening. Um, so yeah, I would say a non-diegetic TF where everything is like super like emphasized and like stylistic, almost like a like a Scott Pilgrim sort of like TF for lack of a better terms, just like words everywhere and everything. I think that would be pretty funny. Alright. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. Uh, I would watch that just for entertainment value. Like yeah. I would just that would be interesting. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm kinda in the middle here. I I think, you know, like realistically obviously I would want to be fully focused on what was going on. But, like, visually, if someone else were watching it happen, like, uh, you said Scott Pilgrim, I was thinking, like, Into the Spider-Verse, the just kind of, like, comic book flair, kind of, like, like, emphasizing things going on, like, little bursts when things are, like, cracking and shifting, and I don't know. I think that would add to it in a way that realistically would not happen and would not add to it to my experience of it. But like, as an artist, thinking about like what would look more intriguing from an outside perspective. For me, what comes to mind is just like uh, the kind of things you might see in an animation somebody made, like 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 a heartbeat sound effect or. Just like the like qu the quivering like vibrating lines I like to draw around my characters, just something that like something that implies like mo like movement that you can't see like inside like quivering or like just like vi just like intense vibration that sort of thing and just kind of a changey aura about uh about the person I guess mm -hmm. it's kind of this is a hard one to put into words I suppose because uh, it's such a visual related question. I would say, if I could sum it up in a sentence, I'd want something really visceral, like American Werewolf in London, or anything like that, Manimal kind of thing, 
really pulsy, really, like you said, heart beating really hard. But I'd want it to be sensual and like positive and straight up orgasmic. Like I really want to see a TF like that or be in the TF like that, you know, where like it explores the positive, like pleasurable side of it. And I'd when like are, it to be drawn. When are we gonna get that? When is that I know, happen? right? When is someone going to make a genuine werewolf porn like that gives us that? 2041, when people of our generation are in charge of the movies. <laughs> also just wish oh. more, like, animators would go in on it. Like, yeah, like, come on, give us that good animated werewolf dick. Like, come on, we're begging. I, I need it. <laughs> I have... need it. Anyways, sorry, I interrupted. I've, I've seen on a website of TF Movie Clips, it was, like, some Japanese movie whose title I can't possibly remember, and... The rest of the TF kind of sucked, but it was the one. It was the one werewolf TF I've ever seen where they actually showed like the dick changing, yep. like in a, in I've like a movie, one. like animated yep. and uh, into the sheath. Yeah, it was so weird yep. seeing that. I'm like, I have never seen that in a werewolf live action TF before. This is interesting, you know. He was he was like getting ready for like some kind of dom situation. Like, yeah, the character it, was it in like specifically SNM was. Yeah. yeah, gimp suit. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, Wait, yeah, oh. you should just watch Wolf Cop. It's I accidentally oh, yeah. randomly oh, I stumbled do. upon that movie, yeah. st- and they fucking. <laughs> I, st- I I still need to watch that. I I, I think they were making hey. a sequel to it, uh, if I remember right. Yeah, they did, and it's got Yannick Basson from Murdoch Mystery fame in it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Amazing. I got one last thing to say, really quick. If anyone wants to make a big long transformation animation or something with all the sound effects and voice acting and like hit me up i'm down i want to do it oh that's very noble <laughs> of you <laughs> uh, we can make it a group project it'll be fun everyone all right. will contribute coming up next uh this one's from fez or uh i think i've seen them as uh, fez mangaka as their like full name or whatever mm-hmm. uh what's y'all's favorite scenario for a bean as I like to call TFs, because it's cryptic. And I've seen... Okay. I've seen Japanese artists refer to TFs as beans, and I, I, I don't understand it at all. I don't but, get that. Uh, the, I hope it's not, like, some sort of weird slur. I, well, like, paw beans? Yeah, it's Maybe. like paw beans. But basically, what's your favorite scenario for a TF? Uh, uh, examples being, like, in a public space, or in your room, in a convention with other furries, or whatever. Basically, like, What's your preferred setting that would make a TF like the most exciting for you? Ooh, I have a good one for this. All right. um, you go first. Go my, for it. My favorite, my whole thing, one of like what does it for me is um the whole wrong place, right time scenario. So a a big one for that would be like walking in the park late at night. Like I feel like that's a cliche at this point. Or like uh you're at your best friend's house and oopsie didn't know he was a werewolf now he's transforming he's horny and you are going to be fucked and become one as well (laughs) um but just that like the the like you would not be changed if you didn't happen to be where you are in that moment and it is someone else's fault that is my scenario. 
Um, so, like, accidentally stumbling into a TF scenario, like, by chance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, you, you decide, oh, I'll take a shortcut through the park at night, and then, like, you happen across someone who's on the ground, and they change, and then you are swept into that, or... Yeah, that kind of stuff. My my one of my favorite ones is the like you're just hanging out with your best friend playing video games and things get a little hairy. That's <laughs> I don't know. It's I like the, that. The, gotcha. the aspect of the relationship changing too, like someone that you're friends with and now you're having sex but you're also werewolves now, that that really does it for me as well. Big That's, yes on that. Yep. Uh, Kynick, uh, did you have a favorite TF setting? Yeah, um, mine is like, I guess it's kind of the setting for a lot of porn movies because I've never watched a porn movie, but I've heard of like this thing being kind of common, and I'm not sure maybe it's not, but just like having a partner, like you both being able to transform, and then like your uh your partner has already transformed and then you get home and you meet them and then they're like i want to have sex with you and then you both do that and then you transform Mm. um just like a uh kind of being open with somebody else in a a pre-established relationship sort of thing it sounds really vanilla compared to what you just talked about but that's what i prefer so it's just like almost casual and like sharing it like with a loved one you know it's just what you what you guys do when you like feel into yeah, it, you know? exactly. Yeah, or like, um, if you're like, if ten, if uh, you get like hungry or tense or something, then you change a little bit, and then they're like, oh, that's, and then they, yeah, stuff like that. Just the Help casual you. relationship with transformation in it. Right, uh, so- I love the anticipation involved with that. That's all. Salapa. Uh, um. This one's tricky for me because usually my favorite scenarios are different and and are like they align with the TF so to speak. But if I had to pick like a generalized one, um, if any of y'all are familiar with um, the Chronovac stories over on CYOC, I am. Um, I no. basically the idea is there's a device that you can kind of put in the details of a TF and then have that kind of applied to you or another person, depending on like who it's been programmed to like uh, change. Um, I would probably go with any sort of scenario involving one of those because it allows for both the idea of a changing yourself in a fun slash pleasurable way be changing yourself in a not great way, potentially by accident or C, having someone else apply a TF to you, either willing or unwilling. So I would go with that. Um, I have will just go with the scenario that I'd want personally for, you know, myself and others. I like the idea of changes being spread through, like, bodily fluids, so, like, drool, blood if you're going there, although I don't generally, like, sweat, cum, all that kind of stuff. And I like, and scent as well, and I like the idea of, like, starting to change and someone close to you, either a friend or a loved one, like, noticing or walking in on you starting to change, or myself starting to, and, like, them helping me get through that, and through helping me, I start to change them as well, so it's kind of that uneven, one's got a head start before the other type thing. And 
I just really like that because there's a lot of body adoration going on with that. A lot of rubbing and a lot of like seeing one person change before you and then you know that's about to happen to you because you can see it happening right in front of your face. I love anything with anticipation, I guess I should say. That's it. Mine might be the most boring, but uh, like my favorite TF scenario or like preferred one is just like pretty simply just like being so being like so fascinated or entranced by like an idea that it just starts to happen, you know, almost like you know, if if you were just really TF brained and like you know, manipulating yourself and such and just the the fantasy you're having is like so strong and you want it so badly that it just starts happening like it was supposed to happen, you know. Or like just like becoming what you were supposed to be, you know, or just you know, just just want, wanting it really badly, and then it happening, just that wish fulfillment kind of thing. Uh, I I really enjoy that. Pure That's desire. Yeah, I still love that. This is, this one's kind of interesting. Uh, from Fire Fire, are there TF adjacent themes in media you consume that scratches an itch similar to it? An example I can think of is the costume change trope of Magical Girl anime. It's not exactly a transformation, but there's a change in perception of the individual. Uh, are there any tropes like that that you feel are akin to the itch you have regarding TF? I'll be honest, I have no idea what, what costume change trope even means. Well, like, you know, like Sa Sailor Moon when she's, like, ready to fight the bad guys, so they have the very well-animated sequence of her spinning around and, like, a tiara forming and, like, her clothes, cha like, change colors. And I, now I've never seen. <laughs> okay, I I think I know what you. I think I kind of get the gist like, of it, but I have never seen that before. It's like the canned no. animation of the hero like powering up that you see every episode. You know, da -da 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 and, and like, just it, it's very well yeah. animated because they want to use it a million times. And yeah. it's like okay. a think like, of like a form... Super Saiyan. Yeah, yeah. Like a is form... it like Ben Ten when he transforms into an alien? Well, that's explicitly TF. <laughs> We're talking talking like. Goku turning into a Super Saiyan. Or just... I have not seen that either. Mm. Do you know of the concept of it? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I think I know <laughs> what you're talking about. You don't have to you don't have to know anything specifically to understand like the concept, I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright. <laughs> Maybe we should get my head around it. Maybe we should cut this one out. No, 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 no it's I, fine. I have answers. Uh, I can go first. No, 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 let everyone awful. else answer and then I'll and then I'll answer last so that I know what it's yeah, yeah. what it's about. Okay. Okay, so I'll go first. Um, I think that the trope that's adjacent to TF that I most like resonate with, and it's not quite a I guess it is kind of a costume change, but like, you know, when like the superhero like has to go like hide somewhere to like, you know, change their clothing, like it's not like a magical girl TF, so to speak, but it's like, I like the idea of having to shift from one identity to the next and like also have to keep something hidden. Um, and I guess this is a callback to an earlier episode of ours when we kind of opened talking about this, you know, like that idea of having those two separate identities um, really resonates with me as both a furry and a TF person. And I think that um, if I had to pick something that was adjacent and similar, but not TF, I would go with that. Anytime a character is like like hypnotized or maybe has their like minds switched with another person, and like their personality becomes so like 
like unlike what they normally are. You know, you see like facial expressions on the character that it would normally never make. You know, uh, that kind of like like identity like shifting or changing type thing. I mm-hmm. think is like kind of similar. All right, I I mean it's still technically I would say transformation, but I think muscle growth and age progression are both ones that I seem drawn to um, for obvious reasons in both cases. I've talked a lot about both of those things in terms of furry transformation. Oh, yeah. So I think, but even when there's not anything furry involved, I think I can still sometimes be into it. It depends. It has to be very specific. Anytime a like consciousness in a human is like transferred to a computer and they're like stuck in the computer the the closest thing i can think of was it in indiana jones 4 i can't remember but oh no it was in the mission impossible movie i think but yeah anytime someone gets transferred into a computer kind of like in the game soma and they're thinking like that i've often wondered what it would be like what the experience would be like to be in circuitry and uh memory and stuff like that uh, how that would feel uh that's always fascinated me it's very similar to what i came up with uh not necessarily just computers but just in general when a human is using their own consciousness to control a different body whether it's remotely or whether they've been put into that body uh like an avatar because i've seen that Mm -hmm. um yeah oh yeah that's kind of also basically transformation, kind of. But uh, yeah, that that's as that's kind of scratches the the same itch. I was just gonna say, there's a lot of gratuitous feet shots in Avatar. I think James Cameron has some explaining to do. <laughs> Actually, I think you're right. I thought the same yeah. thing when I was watching that. I thought the same thing too. Like, I detest that movie, but one even when I was watching it, I was like, damn, there's some good feet shot here. Mm-hmm. I gotta rewatch it then. I haven't seen it since I was like eight. Yeah, I was. I, well, I saw it in theaters. I haven't seen it since. I barely remember it. Isn't the sequel supposed to come out this year? Yeah, apparently. You know, the second of five. five. Avatar two, three, four, five, six, and seven have all been announced, or whatever. What? <laughs> yeah. They have. Silly. Can't wait for all five fans of Avatar to finally get their movie. You know, like. <laughs> Uh, similar call out. I I want to say the Wolfman remake. Uh, the maker of that movie has a lot of explaining to do with the. That's it. Uh, yeah. uh, thank you to him. <laughs> that, that's 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 a good that's a good TF if you haven't if if you haven't seen that, listeners. Uh, I don't know if the movie's any good. All I've seen is the transformation scenes because I'm a you know. I, yeah. I've literally never watched a werewolf movie in my life. But I know all of the transformations because YouTube's a good resource. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What would you do if every human transformed into an animal, both anthro and feral, except for you, making you the one and only human in existence? Oh, so basically Animal Crossing. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I, as, as, as someone that doesn't really believe in this sort of thing at all, I would suddenly become very convinced that the universe was out to get me or spite me like specifically like i would i would i would take it very personally (laughs) and uh obviously yeah yeah. like on one hand like it would it would be awesome to see all my friends be like 
amazed and happy with their animal forms, at least. I hope they would get ones that they liked, but, uh, yeah, everyone getting it but me, I would feel, like, very depressed probably for a long time. I don't, it's hard to tell how I'd react. I, uh, I would make a shit ton of money being the only person to be able to make human porn for all of the normies who are still attracted to humans, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that have become animals and they're not able to, like, get any new stuff anymore, so I'd, I'd just, like, I'd be a streamer, I'd be, like, I'd be, like, way into the, like, getting money out of it thing, because, like, to make up for the fact that I would be depressed for the rest of my life. It would make you a celebrity, I suppose. Like yeah, that. it literally would. I would be the most famous person in the world. Of course, uh, <laughs> you would. Yeah. There's a comic series I really like called, uh, Why, uh, Why the Last Man, where every single male on planet Earth just spontaneously dies all at the same time, except for one guy. Oh. He's like the, and he's just the one male that's like, that, that, that didn't just suddenly die. And it, like the complications arising from that are pretty entertaining. Uh, it's a good comic series. But, uh, anyway, uh. Yeah, I think the 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 concept itself hasn't aged as well, but the the idea is still quite fascinating in my opinion. I would not be as depressed as I think most people would think. I mean, obviously I'd be like, "Wow, what the hell, man? Like, why only me?" What the frick, guys? But um I think I think I would be able to come to terms with it fairly quickly, provided everyone else did. Like, if everyone spent the whole time being like, oh, mopey, and like, oh, why am I this thing? I wish I was still a person. I would just be like, man, I cannot deal with this. Like, you are so lucky. But if, like, people were, like, able to, like, adjust to it fairly quickly, I think I would probably be okay with it. Like, I think I would just, like, immediately, like, flaunt how much of a furry I was because I'd be like, well, y'all are all, like, actual furries now. So there's no point in me hiding that I wanted to be one. And I would just use that as, like, my method of, like, dealing with it. Um, But I I think I'd probably adjust to it decently, all things considered. So I guess I I would try and smoke weed and play video games and just try and do whatever makes me the happiest and try and have sex with some of the transformed people. Yeah. Like what else are you going to do at that point? Last last one which might lead to some like fighting. Uh <laughs> What's the kind of tra- <laughs> What's the kind of transformation you dislike or feel indifferent about but everyone else loves? Yeah, I think I think we've answered a permutation of this question before, but I actually forget what I said last time. So, um, one that I dislike that everyone else or uh, that everyone else loves. I think that at the risk of being out of step with a lot of folks, there's a big focus on. There's a big focus on Donkey TF that, like, I'm fine with it. I've gotten pieces of it before. Like, don't get me wrong, it's 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 a it's a decent TF option, but the level of obsession with it I've never really keyed into. Um, and I know that's sacrilege um, for a lot of folks, particularly those okay. who, who, you know, like Pinocchio was kind of their awakening, like all the power to you. I support you. I'm still like, you know, I still enjoy donkey TF too, but I feel a lot more indifferent about it now. 
than I did when I first got into TF. Like when I got into TF, it was like a novel thing. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And now I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, that that might be a controversial statement. But uh, Do- Donkey well. TF does seem to have like, there's there's like a there's like an aura about them that uh, like other animal TFs don't tend to have just when people describe them or like how they title the pictures, you know. It's I would say hoop TF. I just don't see the draw in it as much as others seem to. It doesn't interest mm. me. It's not that it's bad. It just seems to be this wildly popular thing that it doesn't really add anything for me. It's kind of adjacent to poof TF. But maybe I'm just not seeing it, and I wouldn't be opposed to drawing it or anything. Just boring. I, I get what you mean. It's, it's, it seems to avoid the process of TF entirely, you know? It's like flipping a switch, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's just not something I go out of my way for. And why are they so fragile? <laughs> they always break, even if you're smaller. <laughs> <laughs> I used, I used to like throw hula hoops around as hard as I could when I was a little kid, and like they ne- they never broke. So whatever whatever those things are made out of, uh, you know, the most durable cardboard. substance, cardboard. Yeah, right. we we used to have uh, cardboard ones that we could buy here. I don't know if they still can, but uh, yeah. So uh, I guess they'd work. Uh, Violet, do you have an answer for this one? Uh, I mean, I could produce a list. Uh, I'm very, very, very basic with my transformation, so I agree with hoop. Um, I don't like poof transformations. Not a big fan of feral TF. I don't really like um, latex or goo or any of that kind of stuff. Killing I'm, me over here. I'm ver- <laughs> very, yes, very fine, fine. standard... Like, I, I like that's that's about it. I want it to be sexually transmitted or bite transmitted or full moon or you know like the basic ideas, and that's about it. Uh, everything else really doesn't do it for me. There's always exceptions, but you know. Yeah. All right. Uh, how about you, Kynik? Yeah, I I think it's no secret that I like I don't like a lot of stuff that a lot of people like. Um. Like, I don't really care about a character transformation. I don't really care about, uh, like, hugely sexual transformation. I, I, I like a lot of um, kind of just focusing on the transformation and not the sexual part of it. Uh, but the thing I specifically, and this might legitimately alienate some people, but the thing I specifically really dislike and I, like, actively don't like seeing it because I think it's really overrated is uh the the changes into uh like characters from that changed game that uh someone made uh uh like i (laughs) i really am sick of seeing people doing transformations for that game because i think that the game is a little bit overrated because i think it's the only transformation game that's kind of made the rounds at the moment and there's not really much competition well now we have Uh, now we have battle and wonder world so uh uh, yeah, changed. yeah, sure. Thank God. <laughs> um, but yeah, that legitimately, I am. I really dislike those transformations quite a lot, uh, and everyone else seems to absolutely love them, and I don't know why. And that goes. That probably goes tri- triple if you also dislike goo transformations, because that's pretty much all of yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um. 
so my answer, my knee-jerk reaction would be, um, like, uh, like weight gain TF for me, just because mm. I I get it if you're like a skinny person, you like kind of fantasize about being like huge and like like having well, way more presence, you know. But as as a real life overweight person, uh, it it sucks. <laughs> And I like I dislike like everything about it. Like I I want so badly to not not be that that uh it takes a lot of willpower for me to draw like a TF commission or something like that for somebody and have it be portrayed like positively or cool because uh, it mm-hmm. uh like I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. It, I don't like it, it either. It hurts. <laughs> I- there's a lot of stuff like like weight gain i'm not a big fan of i i also don't like when people fetishize trans people and transformation art i feel like yeah that can be a little problematic like yeah if it's for a trans person then yes obviously it's fine but like fetishizing trans people i think is the problem like i mean i exploring one's gender identity i am not going to speak because that's an individual experience for anyone but when i see people specifically getting art because they find trans people horny it's like no no yeah it's not okay you can generally tell what where the difference is and like i i mean as someone who fully uses tf to explore their own gender like there's nothing wrong with that and you can really tell when that is the the thrust whereas you can tell when someone's just trying to like sexualize you know a mismatch a perceived mismatch in in body parts and being like oh that's hot it, it's very apparent and it's very gross so you know mm-hmm. echo that that was the final question so now that we've uh, alienated and pissed off all of our listeners uh, <laughs> i also don't, I don't like can. pool toy transformation if people, you know if no. people are open to like different opinions then that's great you know people should be all, open to different opinions all of my friends must like the same things as me and have the same opinions and they all need to be friends with each other and like the same movies or i can't be friends with them i'm so just sad and violet we can't be friends anymore you don't like pool toy and latex and goo and all these other things i can't believe this I want the fur. <laughs> so, uh, what, a pl- what about plush? What about plush? No, inanimate an- an- isn't for me either, and plush is included. In I'll that. kill you! <laughs> I'll, put, I'll push my thumb through your eye, you little bitch! <laughs> so, uh, Violet, would you like to tell the uh, uh, the listeners like where they can see your art, like uh, your Twitter, your FA page, etc.? Or in just any other... Oh, yes. If you have any projects or thingies going on, you might want to uh, talk about before we go um well i've got a few things in the works but i don't know when those are happening because my arm's broken and things have just been rough but uh luckily everyone's been very patient so uh just there's been some work in progress is posted but my twitter is at violet loop that's v-i-o-l-e-t-l-o-u-p um uh and my her affinity is I wish I could change it. It is Justy Wolf96. Uh that would be J-U-S-T-Y-W-O-L-F 96, the numbers. Um when are they gonna implement the ability to change that? I do not know. Never. Allegedly uh, they they may be at some point. So I've, we'll see. That's they've been saying that for years. Yeah. I, I know. really want it. <laughs> 
Well, they they <laughs> did eventually change the species list, so you never know. They might change that. You never know. Frankly, I'm just grateful we haven't know. had any like week long out site outages in the last year or so. Like, so no, they're, yeah, doing, they're, doing, they're doing good, doing a good job. Knock on wood. It's gonna happen as that? soon as this episode comes out now. Yes. Yeah, man, jinxed us. Good. <laughs> if you could finally experience transformation, but you had to turn into a cast for your friend's broken arm, uh, would you do it? Um, yes. No. no. <laughs> yes. No. Um, I I actually have a question uh, for Violet, just specifically nobody else. Like, if you were stuck in one form for the rest of your life, Jaguar. What? Yeah. What would you choose? <sighs> for the rest of my life, I mean. Ideally, I would want to go with a werewolf, but that would make social situations a little difficult. So I think I would probably actually go with a slightly hotter version of myself. <laughs> like, Fair you enough. Know, like <laughs> me, me after becoming a werewolf and then reverting back. That idealized version of myself. Nice. That's I like great. That. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Well, this yeah, thank you. Yeah, this uh, this episode has been extremely enlightening for me. I've learned a lot that I I didn't know. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, that's uh, great. Of course, I'm glad I could. Bye bye. See you next week. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for having me. <laughs>